Are you looking to optimize your mindset and lifestyle for success? In today's business world, you're in the right place. This is where you get to build your freedom through promoting through Facebook and selling on Amazon. Welcome to Actualize Freedom with your hosts, Wilson and Danny. What's up, guys? Danny Carlson here with the Actualize Freedom podcast, and we are live with Joe Reisfeld. You've definitely seen him in Amazon FBA Facebook groups if you're a part of some of the major ones. One of the most active people I've seen in those groups, very often known as one of the most helpful people in those groups as well. And it's pretty common to see his posts be, uh, you know, like uh, pretty much a blog post in itself. So you've certainly seen him in there. He has some of the most experience out of anyone I've ever interviewed. 19 years e-commerce experience. He, his clients currently have about 3.5 million listings across 11 marketplaces. Um, he started working with third-party sellers, but now works mostly with giant brands doing multi-channel. Over 7 million launches and relaunches with no giveaways at full price. And also the owner of Jet Pro Tools, which gives e-commerce sellers access to the Jet.com interface. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast. Joe, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you? Very, very good. So you have some very interesting views on e-commerce in general. So I want to start there. What is your overall take on e-commerce and how most people are doing it compared to how you think is the best way to do it? Um, well, I, uh, I had a, a, a business career before the internet. Um, I've been in business since the mid to late 80s. Um, so, uh, you know, I learned traditional ways of launching businesses launching products. I did a lot of product launches long before um, I got into e-commerce and on the internet and in the restaurant business. And um, do, I owned a catering company. I owned several companies before I got in, got into e-commerce. Um, and, uh, you know, I learned marketing in, in school and college. Um, and, you know, with by, by doing, um, you know, traditional marketing, traditional product launch, uh, when you're trying to get, you know, money for from like a VC, uh, you do a, a business plan, um, and you know, so when you actually launch, you've already done all the, you know, the research, and you know all about the competitors, you know all about the marketplace, you know all about the markets, you know the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, um, and it's just it's it's not like that anymore, at least not how it's being taught on Amazon you know, the last few years, which is uh, uh, kind of strange if you ask me. Um, so what know. are some examples of some things that you do, like the information that you research before launching a product? Well, you know, you think, think about it. If, if you, you know, if you were trying to start a company and you needed a loan from a bank or something, um, you've got to do a, a, a business plan before you even have the, the product in production. Um, you know, maybe you'll have a sample or two, but you've got to do a lot of research and you've got to, you know, I, I, when I, my first e-commerce company was a furniture store. I took my son, my, he was two at the time. We sat in the parking lot of a furniture store on a Sunday for three and a half hours, four hours, and just counted the cars coming in and out of the parking lot to see if that was a good place to put my business. Um, I mean, just tr traditional business stuff. Is the traffic there? Is it the right kind of traffic? Um, you know, is it the kind that's going to want the product that I have to sell? Um, you know, so at, you have all that stuff out of the way. You you know, um, you know what what you need to do to to be competitive. 
long before the actual launch happens. You've contacted, you know, the media, um, influencers, groups, things like that. You've already got advertising all set up or, you know, pre-selling. Imagine that, pre-selling, having people ready to buy before you launch so that on launch day, um, the learning curve is ending on launch day, not starting, which is the way, uh, unfortunately, is the way it's taught now. Um, well, yeah, you're mentioning a bunch of tactics that really have nothing to do with Amazon, right? A lot of these Amazon gurus out there are teaching product launch giveaways and Amazon PPC as pretty much the only ways to launch your product on Amazon. But all the external ways that you're mentioning, they're different skill sets too, right? So, I mean, one really big problem I see is a lot of people are trying to focus on way too many things at once. They're, they're new to Amazon. They're trying to figure out the Amazon stuff. They're trying to build the email list. They're trying to run Facebook ads. And they're in the learning stage of all of these things at the same time, which makes it very difficult to be effective. So in your opinion, if they could focus on, let's say, only two of these things, what should a brand new seller focus on? They need to learn the platform, and they need to learn how to list, how to sell. Um, Getting, getting, just walking in and thinking you can learn how to sell and do private label and launch and not lose money and still be in business, it's insane. They're two completely different business models. Um, you really need to understand the platform and, and how to optimize listings. Um, I see the, the back ends of a lot of, a lot of listings, uh, thousands of them at a time. And, I'd say 85% of sellers don't fill them out correctly. Vendors, third party, whoever, they leave all the, some of the really important areas blank. Uh, intended audience, uh, some of those, you know, some of those uh, areas right after the, the, the keyword fields, that helps Amazon categorize your product. If you sell shoes and you don't put intended audience men's, um, you can kiss uh, any Father's Day advertising Goodbye. Amazon won't know to include you in an email that they send out um, for Father's Day because they don't know that it's men's shoes or ladies' shoes because you didn't put intended use. Instead, you put loafers and whatever else you could stuff in there. Um, and the funny part is, is those fields, if you click on them nine times out of ten, Amazon's already got an idea what should go in there and it'll give you the default choice. Most people don't even click it. Yeah, so that's a very interesting point you're bringing up there. There's a lot of these fields like subject matter and, you know, obviously the back end search terms. Um, a lot of people are stuffing, you know, just whatever keywords they don't put in their listing into subject matter and intended use fields, for example. So you prefer to just put like men's and like keep it very simple and concise, like what it's intended for instead of just trying to index more keywords in there? That, that it's not for indexing keywords, it's for categorization. So you see these posts from people that, you know, that I can't get into the right category or Amazon recategorized my, my product. It used to be that you could get into multiple categories. Well, now you can't. Um, and you have to help. That's SEO, standard SEO. You have to tell the search engine where, what your product is and where you belong. Uh, it's not rocket science. Makes a lot of sense, right? They built their algorithm in a certain way based on what those fields were intended for. The intended yep. use of the intended use fields is not the way people are using them, funny enough. Um, and you also have 
something really interesting that caught my attention right away is you said you've done over 7 million launches and relaunches with no giveaways um, at full price with buyer's email list in hand. Can you walk us through your process for that? Because that is too meaty of a, of a statement to not dive into. Sure. Um, excuse me. Dog's going nuts here. Um, you know, like I said, I, I've been doing this for a long time. Um, I, I've never, I've never launched at a loss. I've, it's just not how I was, I was taught. I was taught that if you can't launch a product, uh, profit, don't launch. Um, I mean, it's just, it's inconceivable to me to, to launch and, and give away product like that. I mean, it's, it's a strategy. Doesn't make my strategy right. Doesn't make their strategy wrong or, or one better than the other. It's just not how, you know, I'm in business to make money. I got into this business, you know, I was using the money to help feed my kids. I raised my kids alone. I could, I wasn't about, to, I'm not about to launch at a loss. You know, sometimes it's a strategy that works, but I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I, I work with big companies. I can't recommend to them things here today, gone tomorrow type um, techniques. I can't recommend to them to, to buy reviews. Do it the right way. It's easy. It's really, it's much easier to do it the right way and know it's not going anywhere. Worst case scenario, maybe it does, but to know it's not going anywhere and not have to be looking over to your, sho your shoulders and wonder, is today to the day that it disappears. Um, Can you give us some examples of the ways that you do increase reviews without buying them, without doing anything sketchy? Yeah, uh, well, we what we normally do is, you know, it, on a new product, if I have a new product release that's coming out, um, two months out, we will tear down, we'll reverse engineer the competition. I'm sorry, we all like to think that you know, we've got the best new product. Nobody else sells it. Uh, and I'm sorry, somebody else is selling something pretty similar. I see the stuff that people are, you know, new new sellers are, are selling on Amazon. It's, you know, they're all buying it because some guru told them to use Alibaba or this certain company. And they used, you know, a toothbrush in the example. Well, now 300 students are, pricing, are costing out toothbrushes. Um, crazy how much you see that. <laughs> it's ridiculous, and and I've seen gurus, so-called gurus, screw themselves over it. And it's kind, of, it's funny to me. Um, I, I, it's just common sense. That's what I just don't get. People, it seems like a lot of sellers. You know, I don't know if they, you know, got the idea out of off of a, a candy bar wrapper or what. But it's, you know, it's a business. It's not a hobby. eBay can be a hobby if you want it to be, but Amazon is, you know, run like a business. Uh, if you're going to run it like a business, you have to treat it like a business. Uh, and in a business, I've never had a business where I wanted to lose money. You know, maybe as a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's a very cash flow intensive business too. It's very expensive to get a bunch of product and then not sell through that product in, in a profitable fashion. That's just a very, very easy way to go bankrupt, right? Um, yes. Are there any specific things to get more views from I your customers? I can't hear what you're saying. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Uh, one second. Somebody's calling me. Now I can hear <laughs> you. Okay. Um, are there are there any follow up methods that you're using to to retouch with the customers that purchase from you on Amazon to to get more of a review? 
a better view um, rate? I can't hear you. One second. I think I heard you, but let me. Can yeah, you is, say something again? Better? Can you hear me now, Joe? No, uh, barely. Testing, testing. I can barely hear you. Um, let's see. All right, someone, Oops. someone called Joe's Probably. phone, and we we blew up the interview. It exploded. There you are. Technology hey, I exploded. See you now. <laughs> can you hear me now? Um, barely, but uh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, uh, I was just asking, do you? Use any specific methods to follow up with Amazon customers to increase your review rate? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, reviews are, are, are uh, I don't focus on reviews. I focus on things I can control. Um, I, I really, I don't focus on reviews whatsoever. They are, um, in my mind, um, social proof is very, very important. However, uh, I know from experience that if you're hitting the other KPIs and you're killing it, um, social proof reviews aren't going to hurt you. I have items in the top consistently in the top um, 50 selling items in a, a huge uh, category. Some have no reviews, some have negative reviews, and I'm kicking the shit out of national brands. Um, uh, and it's, you know, but, but part of that also is I, I work with vendors and some of, they, some of them are national brands as well. They're not, um, people are coming to Amazon to buy that brand for, for some of them. Um, but what we do, and I mean, I've done this for years, uh, uh, we do warranty registrations. We do cards. I, I, don't, I don't, I would never, as a seller, I wouldn't send out a single thing without an insert card with my name on it. I'm sorry. Amazon is blowing smoke up everybody's butt. Amazon knows that the money is in the list. The future is in the list. Getting a person on my list today, the lifetime value of that person is worth a lot more than any one-and-done sale, which is all you get as the seller. You get the one-and-done sale, and Amazon gets to spam them with 50 million emails and get more sales out of them. It's, the name of the game is the list. It's not the one-and-done one sale. You're, you're not sellers. You're marketers. You need to be smart marketers. Your future is that list. Without that list, you're you're starting from scratch tomorrow. Amazon. Yeah, sets. that wasn't a plug for smart marketer Ezra Firestone's company, by the way, right? You got to be a smart marketer, but not Ezra Firestone smart marketing mm -hmm. company, right? Uh, but yep. Um, so I definitely agree with you on the list, right? That is your audience. Can you give the audience an example of? Some of the some of the strategies you mentioned using insert cards to try to get people onto your list. Um, are, is there besides that? Is there any other strategies you've seen work really well to build an email list? Um, you know, our whole thing is uh, the F. You know, we'll do. Uh, you know, if you have instructions, you you have instructions for your product. Turn it into a PDF. Take that PDF. Go to SlideShare. Turn it into a video. Now you have a, a video instructions. For, for your customers. S same thing as what you're putting in the box, but send them that link, drive them to that to that video afterwards, get the opt-in, get the you know, the remarketing pixel. Bam, don't waste traffic. Sellers waste traffic. It's an unreal how much traffic gets wasted. So if you're if you're running Facebook ads and you're not giving them another payment method besides Amazon at the bottom of your funnel, um, 
you're wasting traffic because Facebook has 1.47 million active users every day. Amazon has 330 million members. There is a big difference between those two numbers. So if you're running Facebook ads, you're getting somebody like me in your funnel. I don't buy on Amazon. What are you going to do? Yeah, that is such a, such a good point. I think us as Amazon sellers, we kind of get caught up in the propaganda that Amazon is the be-all, end-all, and that everyone, mm -hmm. and their uncle has an Amazon Prime account, which is, I mean, it's becoming more and more the case. Like, it's a big company for sure, but that's definitely not the majority of people in the world. Like, so many people... They don't want to pay the $100 a year for the Amazon Prime account. They go to Amazon and they're like, well, like, I don't want to pay for shipping or whatever. And they go somewhere else. Yep. Um, Amazon has, has, you know, Amazon changed the face of, of commerce as we know it. Um, the, 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 the phrase, the term long tail keyword um, came from an article written by the editor of Wired in 2004 and he was talking about uh, the music industry and the media industry and how this new phenomena was going on and it was being caused by Amazon. Um, a book had just come out about a, a climbing accident and it made a book that had come out 10 years earlier um, all of a sudden be popular now and was outselling the new book because Amazon had this algorithm that said, if you like this, you're going to like that too. So it created a new economy basically. Um, and and his theory was, you know, it's it's not selling a million of this new product today. It's selling a little bit of all of the products moving forward. And that is really the theory of long tail uh, long tail keywords is, is it's the 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 duration of the the sale and the duration of of the extended use of a product is where all the money is. Um, sell 10 of 10 of an item every day, every day, every day, as opposed to a million of an item for a month. And that's it. Uh, yeah. I'd rather have the 10, you know, for a long, long, long period of time. And that was, and it's funny because that was based on his observations of Amazon, what Amazon was doing. I was changing the music and the media business and books. At that time it was books. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the kind of opportunities the internet has created is the ability to create a company that does, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in revenue yep. off of just a few of many, many, many things at once. Um, super, super interesting. Another company that is in a similar vein that you know a lot about is Pinterest. And I know for a fact that most people listening to this podcast are not using Pinterest for marketing in any ways. But you have a really interesting take on it. So what do you think of Pinterest for marketing for e-commerce? Um, uh, I used to think nothing of it, honestly. Um, I just thought it was another, you know, social site for my kids. <laughs> um, but uh, Pinterest has, has changed. It's been around for a long time. Pinterest is a visual predictive search engine. Think about that. A visual predictive search engine. You can take a picture of something. Uh, you can scan it with with lens, and it'll find it'll find the product. Pinterest is the largest source of free traffic this year. It's December. How many people listening to to this podcast don't know that? I I didn't know it until not that long ago. Um, until I started focusing on it. Um, the way the Pinterest algorithm is set up, if you set your account up correctly from the start you can drive a ton of traffic, a ton of traffic. 
Um, Pinterest is, is, you know, it's, it's, it's immature. It's an immature algorithm. Um, much the same way Amazon is a broken al algorithm, but, you know, Pinterest, uh, <laughs> there's two types of, of users on Pinterest. There's content creators, and then there's, uh, there's users. Content creators are sellers. They're us. Um, you connect Pinterest to your website, or now you can connect it to your Instagram site, YouTube, your YouTube account, or your Etsy account to verify that, that you are a content, content creator, and then you, you post your own content first, and that establishes that it's your content, and then Pinterest will, 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 will move forward with it. Um, but what you have to do is they're, they're relying on the content creators to tell them what it's about and how you set up your, 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 your boards and your pins um, and the structure you follow is how you get your, your product out there. Uh, Pinterest is all about categories and topics, okay? When you first join Pinterest, the first thing it says is pick five categories you want us to spam you with information about, basically. Um, and you pick five topics, and then every time you go into Pinterest, the first thing that comes up is your, uh, it's called the smart feed, and those are those topics that you chose. Each one of those topics has a feed. It's a group. You've just joined those groups. Um, uh, what was it? Kayaks, I believe, 8.3 million followers. Okay, so you sell kayaks. Wow. Yeah, you sell kayaks. It's too smart for you to name your board kayaks because that puts you in a possibility of, of getting in that feed. If you get in that feed, 8.3 million people aren't going to see it. So what? 100,000 people see it, and it's a crappy conversion rate. That's still a lot of traffic. It's a lot of traffic. So, But then under kayaks, you have kayaks and canoeing. You have whitewater kayaking. You have kayaking photography, kayaking with dogs, backcountry kayaking, kayaking gear, kayaking accessories, on down the line. Boom, 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 boom. Name all of your boards with category and topic names because – Maybe you'll show up in three feeds, four feeds of even smaller groups, 10,000, whatever. Is that traffic you're getting now? Those people that are seeing your feed joined that group before you did, before you, you put your product there. They're, they want that product. You're not trying to you know, grab the guy walking down the street and saying, hey, buy this shiny red kayak. You might like it. You need to learn how to kayak. No, no. These people have said, I like kayaking. I'm going to follow this group. 80, I think it's 87% uh, of um, users on Pinterest have said they've bought product based on what they found on um, research they've done on Pinterest. So when you're driving traffic now from Pinterest, it's not cold traffic. They've already found you. They're coming to your site or they're coming to Amazon as warm traffic. They know who you are. They're coming straight towards you. They're not going to cost comparison they're not they might not even go to um to, to see the reviews it's implied trust traffic it's like getting it from an influencer people look at pinterest like an influencer um it's it's insane it's really insane um well, i love how like they're cruising through they're already on the topic that that they're looking at so they're already looking at pictures of kayaks their mind is on kayaks they're they're dreaming about their next kayak trip, right? And that's the exact moment they find your product. Mm -hmm. They're not just like, 
cruising on Facebook and all of a sudden, blam, here's a here's an ad just because they they clicked on someone's website at some point or something like right. that, right? They're actively thinking and dreaming about your particular product niche and you just happen to show up in front of them at that time, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's just so, a captive yeah. audience that's interested. There's there's a hell of a lot to be said about that. There's a hell of a lot to so be said about powerful. that. And so how long... How long would it take if someone were to start on Pinterest today? How long would you say it would take to start seeing some some results from that, some good traffic, assuming that they do everything correctly? And guys, Joe has a really good checklist later on. We'll we'll give you the details of how you can get a hold of that about Pinterest. I looked through it myself, and there's it's an extensive checklist. So you guys are going to want to check that out. Um, I'm certainly going to be implementing it for myself. Um, but assuming someone implements everything on your checklist, Joe. How long do you think it would be until they start to see some results from that? Um, well, when as a content creator, when you the, the key the name of the game is engage engaging content. You don't just post stuff to post stuff. Um, you want to you want to get interest. So um, let's say um, I, I write a post about Facebook engagement, how to get more engagement from your Facebook posts. So then I pin that to Pinterest from my, my blog, Pinterest is okay, well this came from the creator. The first thing they do is they show it, there's two main feeds in Pinterest. There's the smart feed, which are those topics. And those topics, uh, the, the order that it's shown is not the newest first, it's the most popular pins are at the top of each topic. So it's not the newest, it's the most popular, the, the pins that get the most engagement come up first. Okay, so you have the smart feed, and then the other feed that you have is your follower feed. The people that follow you see your most recent pins. So when you pin something as, as, a, um, as, as a content producer, when you pin something, the first thing Pinterest does is they show it to your followers. And the engagement that your followers put into it sends the signal to Pinterest of, hey, you need to show this to non-followers and put it in, in the smart feed, and then they just, it just goes from there. So when you uh, – Pinterest has changed a lot this year. Actually, Pinterest changes more often than Google, um, and it's changed a lot this year. Uh, group boards were a big thing. Now they, they swore off hashtags. Now hashtags are a big thing. Um, it's really forget the word categories and topics and think keywords – and long tail keywords, because that's what it is. So now, where, you know, if you're selling kayaks on Amazon, typical seller is going to do PPC for a handful. I mean, I've heard people say, oh, yeah, no more than 50 keyword keywords uh, for their whole thing. So they run, they come up with 50 different keyword combinations that they're spending way more money than they should be spending on doing PPC when really they need 800 phrases because there's so many variations um, that they can afford. Uh, so now with, with Pinterest, Pinterest is all about the long tail. Those, um, when you have a, a sub board of a main board, it's called a section. So you have your main board, which would be kayaks. Then underneath that, within that, you have kayak gear, kayak accessories, whitewater kayaking, kayaking in canoes, you know, all the, all the different long tail phrases. So then you, those are your subboards, and if you have a, a subboard of, of kayaking gear, you fill that board up with 
different pins, high engaging pins um, of different subterms of that long tail. Kayaking gear, kayaking seats, kayaking uh, oars, um, kayaking safety equipment. They're all just subterms. So now, when with with long tail keyword phrases, when you rank for a, a five word long tail phrase, and in the middle of that long tail phrase is that two word phrase that some guy's spending two bucks, you know, a click on on P PPC, he's going to rank organically for those two word phrases as well as the five word phrase for a couple pennies. So Pinterest is driving that. So instead of having your handful of 50 highly competitive terms that you're ranking for, you you want 500. I mean, I, I, when I hear sellers say, oh yeah, I focus on my 50, you're leaving a lot of money on the table when you're doing that. You really, really are. Um, so are you saying that there is some correlation between the Pinterest keywords um, and the Amazon keywords, if someone were to come from Pinterest from a URL that has some certain keywords in it, for example, um, does Amazon take a look at that somehow? Like, does that information transfer over to Amazon keyword ranking in any way? No, not at, not at this point, no. Um, you're still gonna wanna push them in, and you wanna get all traffic going through your funnel because you want that opt-in. You don't wanna waste traffic. Uh, yeah, so you, you're not sending them you, directly to Amazon. I'm sorry? So you're not sending them to Amazon. You're sending them to your own landing page to get their email address. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're your, they are your customer before they're Amazon's. Amazon can't say crap. That's the key. Get their email address before they get to Amazon. Then you got the remarketing pixel too. That's not wasting traffic. Every single person, even the ones that bounce on you at, off the landing page, you've got their, their remarketing information. If you've got your face, Facebook pixel on it. Two days later, you're sending them a, fo a follow-up. Hey, you bounced. Um, you know, here's this or here's that. It's And you didn't hear me say coupon or giveaway or anything like that. Uh, think about it. You know, the, the typical demographic of an Amazon Prime customer is not a, a freebie seeker. The typical demographic of an Amazon customer is middle age, middle class, you know, Two, you know, two a house, two cars, kids, professional people. Um, they don't want to be seen as cheap. They'll actually spend a little bit extra. They'll pay full price if you give them value, make them think that there's value. It doesn't even have to be value. Give them the perception of value, um, and they'll they'll be willing to spend more. Nobody wants to be seen as cheap, particularly not that demographic. Do you? I don't. Um, and if, if I'm going into a, if I'm looking at a group of products and everybody's dirt cheap and, oh, the newest one is the cheapest one, well, that's, that doesn't send a good sign to me. I'll spend more for quality um, because I want it. Uh, you know, Amazon, people come to Amazon. Amazon's driven the price down on everything. Um, it's really cut back on margins. Brands are leaving Amazon because of, because of that. Amazon thinks they can dictate a brand's margin on stuff. And, and I've had vendors walk from Amazon. We cut One of my vendors, we cut Amazon off for five months this year because of uh, vendor renewal terms that Amazon was trying to jack them up to 40% in fees. Hello? 40%? Wow. Yeah, they, you they did it across the board. Wow. Yeah, 
And it's scary because what they do to vendors first comes down, you know, it trickles down. Vendors revolted. Um, some of them signed it. I know some vendors that are paying 30% in fees, which is ridiculous. Why? 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 I'll go back to being, I'll take my, my business and be a 3 p seller. You know? Well, yeah. It's like, you know, you you can go and be a restaurant and be comfortable with a 4% profit margin, but that's not most companies out there that don't want to, they can't survive off of that. That's ridiculous right. for flow. Yeah. I mean, it's 4, 4% is in the restaurant is not, is not bad. Um, and if it, well, if it's got alcohol, it is, but if it's, you know, if it's just a fast food <laughs> place, 4% is, is standard for them. Um, and you can't, you can't operate on Amazon that way because Amazon's taking 15% right off the top. Um, I've been saying this for a couple of years now. I tell people this all the time. Get rid of your low margin items. Get rid of them. If you, if you, if you don't have a good, clear margin to get screwed by Amazon and still have a little bit of money left over, that's really, it's not a percentage. Just give yourself enough leeway to get screwed and have money left over. If you can't do that, you get rid of it now. All, you got, you know, sellers have seen where are costs going up. They're not going down. Amazon, you know, expanded into transportation, bought all these jets and all this different crap to lower their costs. Have you realized any of that? I have. Yeah, they just reinvest 100% of the money for the past like 20 years. It's kind of crazy to watch their, their revenues go like this, but their profits just flatlining pretty much across the board for those 20 years. Um, yep. And there, there's one more thing I want to touch on here, Joe. This has been super, super helpful so far. Um, you mentioned that you know Shopify is obviously super hot right now. A lot of people are using the Shopify platform. And uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of people think that it's the only way to, to build a website to get some sales off of Amazon too. Um, but you mentioned there's a much easier way to achieve the same thing that's much more cost effective for Amazon sellers. So how do you set up websites off of Amazon instead of using Shopify? Well, Shopify would hate me for saying this because I'm a Shopify uh, partner. Um, but uh, Shopify is its not a turnkey operation. It's, it is if you know what you're doing. It is if you have some programming experience or you have a programmer that works for you. Um, but you, you know, as just Joe Blow 3P seller, you're going to be overwhelmed. Um, and... You know, it's just like the guru thing. You know, there's lots of classes out there how to get on Shopify and make a million bucks. Uh, and I'm sorry, your mom was not lying when she told you if it sounds too good to be true, it is. Um, there's no free. This is not a, there, It's not going to rain Skittles by Friday just because you joined Shopify. Shopify is a Shopify is the house. You know, it's the structure of the house. That's all. You got to bring everything in. You got to bring the furniture in and bring the family in and the food in and, and you have to make that house work. Um, Amazon is, you know, is the furniture and the, the dishwasher and all that other stuff. You, you just got to bring the family in. Um, it's, they're two different things. I see questions all the time of, you know, which is going to be better for me, Shopify or, or Amazon? There's, you can't compare them. They're two different things. Shopify, you have to drive your own business. It's all on you. Um, a lot of sellers uh, don't need that much. What they need is a landing page. Okay, all sellers should have at least a one-page site. All right, 
um, hijackers, people that hijack your listings, they don't go after big businesses. Why? Because big businesses tell them to stick it. So hijackers, they're not stupid. They do, they do their research. They'll check to see if you have an offline presence. They will check to see if you are on other sites as well. If you sell on more than one site, you're safer than just selling on Amazon because now you have proof that these are your products and that, that you sell elsewhere and you are established. So all sellers should get themselves a one-page Wix site or Google free Google site, whatever, put a, put, a, put a picture of an office building on it, throw up some policies, make yourself look like you're not doing this with your kids out of your garage. They like that. Um, if they see, if they may, if they think this is a ma pa thing, a hobby out of the garage, and they see that you have forty five five star reviews and nothing else, you're a target you, because you will do anything to get them to remove that bad review, including give them the product and give them their money back. You've got no presence. You're you are nobody off of Amazon. So, what are you going to do? That's really the way they look at it. So all sellers should at least have that one page site. You can get additional pages and then now you have your landing pages. You have a, a contact us page maybe, but you need landing pages. You, if, you're all, if you're relying on Amazon to provide you with all your traffic, you're not gonna be at the top of your, your game for very much longer. Um, yeah, Amazon really. And has to do something about membership. One thing I think that people make the mistake of thinking that Shopify is somehow a platform that has a bunch of value like Amazon. You know, Amazon has all the customers. It has everything there. Um, and people refer to Shopify as, oh yeah, I'm doing Shopify, like as if Shopify is its own business model. But like it, it, all it is is a website building software tool amongst which there are dozens of these tools yes. that are just as good, if not better than Shopify. In fact, I would argue that Shopify it's actually pretty difficult to make a good website with without a, hiring a really expensive developer. Like I actually got quoted $10,000 to create a site with something I'd consider to be pretty basic kind of checkout um, manipulation, like to make a, a bit of a fancy checkout. Um, I could not find anyone for cheaper than $10,000 because Shopify uses a code, its own code called Shopify Liquid that is has way less developers than most websites. Like a lot of people do WordPress, not as many people do Shopify. It's actually just a website builder that is, in my opinion, not as good as most of the other ones out there. So I would just like to mention that for everybody. Um, like Joe said, there's free Google sites, there's there's WordPress, WooCommerce, there's all these, in my, in my opinion, much better options. And at the end of the day, it's all the same thing. Shopify in itself does not really have any intrinsic value. Um. Shopify is just a framework. It does not supply you customers, and it won't ever supply you customers. Um, and you have to do SEO. You need so now you have a whole nother skill set that you need to learn. On top of learning Amazon, learning PL, now you have to be a marketer as well. Um, and uh, I mean, I see a lot of people jump into Shopify, and then they're just kind of looking around and. It's like, holy crap, what did I get myself into? You don't need that. Most sellers do not need that. You have the infrastructure in place for the most part with Amazon to where you can get a one or two page site. Stripe is 5%. Hello, 
Um, why not? So if you put Stripe at the bottom of your funnel, your Facebook ad funnel, you get your people from the ad into, into the funnel. In the funnel, you're talking about the value of the end result of the product that they're buying, the experience, not the product itself. At the bottom, where you would normally just send them off Amazon, you, are, you give them a choice, Amazon or Stripe, or Amazon and, oh, you also sell on eBay. Give them the choice of eBay as well. Give them no more than four choices. If you're on a lot of platforms, just don't overcomplicate it. You gotta pretty much got to <laughs> tell them where what to do and where to go. Um, but why wouldn't you put Stripe on your funnel? It's 5%, not 15%. And you're getting traffic that might not be an Amazon member. If I get into your funnel, I'm not going to Amazon. I don't buy on Amazon. Just, I don't, I'd rather go to a point. website and spend the money on the website because more money is going to end up in your pocket as the seller. That's just, I don't, I don't need to make Jeff Bezos any richer than he already is. That's what PPC is for. He's got all everybody fooled. Believe it or not, Amazon was a platform before Amazon started PPC. There were no marketing services for a long time on Amazon. And Amazon is set up to be able to, um, I mean, they didn't have it as defined as it is now, the whole relevance thing and all that. It's always been that way. And now they actually tell you, you know, what the KPIs and stuff are, but it's always been that way. Relevant listings that speak to, to, to your target audience, no different. They've been doing that since ancient Greek times. You have a product, you have a pitch, you pitch it to the to your target audience because you know what their motivations are. It's not new, it's nothing, it's, you know, it's not new. Um, I mean, that's, if you optimize your, your listings correctly and you launch correctly, there's no reason why you can't get to, to the page one. You have, you, you know, you have your off Amazon army ready, ready. You have your list. You've already talked to influencers. You've involved yourself in a couple influencer groups. Before you're ready to launch, you're not selling in these groups. You're just getting your name out there. So when you are ready to launch, you can say, hey, by the way, here's my story. Here's why I'm in this group. Here's why I chose this product. Bam, support me. Well, you've already built trust with these people. They're going to support you. It's implied trust. When they already trust you or they trust them, the influencer's recommendation it's 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 warm traffic. It's not cold traffic. On an Amazon listing, um, the the traffic that Amazon's sending to you, it's not cold only because they're there to buy. Other than that, they have no clue who you are. You just happen to come up in the first three spots of the the results. Yeah, I think it's very refreshing to hear this from someone who's actually had a lot of experience driving off Amazon traffic and creating these off Amazon funnels. Um, because like we said earlier in the podcast, most of the Amazon gurus out there are teaching launch your product using, you know, viral launch and a 90% discount and then blast the PPC. Um, and then maybe they're saying run some Facebook ads, but they themselves don't have that much experience doing it. Joe is someone who has tons and tons of experience with off Amazon stuff, 19 years of e-commerce experience. Um, and you're also transitioning into creating some kind of course where people can learn more about this kind of stuff. Is that correct, Joe? Yes. Yeah, I am. I am. Um, I, I started out up till 2009. Uh, I was doing SEO seminars in 2005. I stopped doing that um, because I was just getting too frustrated with, with the participants. 
Um, but I worked with three piece sellers until 2009. Um, and then I switched sides. I went to the vendor side. Um, you, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make him drink. Even if you put his head under the water, doesn't mean he's going to drink. Um, it was dragging down my own, you know, my own sales, my own business, um, trying to force people to do stuff. What I found with the vendors is, um, you know, they've got a big company. They've got investors. They've got boards. They've got people to answer to. A CEO of a corporation a lot of times is under a lot of pressure when they're advancing into new markets. When they're going into two or three new markets or e-commerce places at the same time, they're under a lot of pressure for results. They get shit done, and they pull the money out to do it right. Um, and uh, there's a lot to be said with that, about that. But what I've learned was that uh, from the, the three P seller side, you know, my, originally I was trying to help sellers compete and level the playing field. That was the whole beginning of the internet was leveling the player playing field against, you know, large sellers. Um, and it, it was. So then when I got with vendors, I realized that some of these vendors really are stupid as as I thought, you know, I mean, it's it's a big company. Hey, we're going to just throw money at PPC. We're going to throw more money at PPC. Ha, look at all those stupid 3P sellers. They want to compete with us on two-word phrases. We're just going to throw more money on it because we have the bottomless budget. They'll never beat us. And they, that's what they do. They they laugh, but they don't necessarily optimize. They just throw money at it. They throw people at it and don't hold them, hold them responsible. It's uh, the Peter principle. Something uh, from the old days of Chrysler. You continue to get promoted up through a company because of longevity, not because of, of brains, until you get promoted to the point of incompetence. Um, and it's alive and well in corporate America. <laughs> Unfortunately, it, it, is still, it is still there. Not like it was then, but it's still there. Um, there. I see more opportunities for 3P sellers against big brands now more than ever. Um, especially with the way Amazon is just flat out assaulting big brands um, and chasing them off. Um, you know, there's a lot of sellers that brag about how well they do on Amazon against these big brands. Well, these big brands don't want to drive any business to Amazon that they don't need to. Why? It's the most costly platform to sell on. It's ridiculous. Um, so they're, they're okay with that. There's, I, I know a few sellers that do really, really well in their niches against major, major brands. Could they do that off of Amazon? I don't know because some of those major brands are in every single store on every single corner, you know, throughout the, you know, the United States. Yeah. It's completely Amazon, different skill set too. These people have learned the Amazon skill set and become really good at that. Um, but, um, a lot of the stuff that, you've talked about on this podcast and that you are putting out content for your new project here is, is about the off Amazon stuff. And that's what I find really interesting about, about yours. Um, if people want to know more about that and then also the, the Pinterest checklist that I mentioned earlier that I'm certainly going to be implementing and checking out, where can people find that stuff? Um, well, I have, my blog is ecommerceoptimizer.com and my new site is ecomoptimizer.com. And, um, Basically, I have uh, I have issues with the three or four day really expensive uh, seminar webinar that teaches a black hat questionable tricks to sellers that don't necessarily know better um, that disappear after nine months. So what are you? You're back at that guy's door in nine months for the next big seminar. Um, I have I have issues with that. 
I was a I I did I started out with a laptop and six painted cow skulls. That's how I started in e-commerce. And uh, I picked up uh, a st- we started a custom Southwest furniture company. My ex-wife and I. She liked to paint cow skulls. Um, I got all kinds of stuff around here that she, she's done. Um, but we started a, a custom Southwest furniture store. We were driving to uh, out, um, Santa Fe, New Mexico. We were going through an Indian reservation. There was an abandoned uh, gas station on the side of the road with some Indians selling Native American jewelry. She wanted to stop. We stopped. I started talking to them. All of a sudden, I'm blind drop shipping Native American jewelry. I was paying them more than they could get at the abandoned gas station, and I was splitting what I was selling it for. So I was making bank too. Um, uh, we did a, we hit a million in sales in, within 18 months of just starting, uh, and it, it was in, it was insane. Um, uh, so you know, my my whole thing is now is um, you know I want to help 3P sellers. You know, a- Amazon has 330 million members. There's 3.7 billion people on social media. Amazon is becoming, and they created this themselves, Amazon is becoming a very highly specialized niche selling platform. Think about it. It's less than 10% of of the people actually on social media are Amazon members. What's next? Where are you going to go? Um, if you want to expand your business, you need to start looking at the other places to go. Uh, the future as a seller on Amazon is driving traffic. You got to get your ass in gear. If you're not driving traffic from off of Amazon, um, you're gonna be see yourself sliding down, sliding down, sliding down. That was always my secret weapon until um, the last couple of years. Now Amazon's focusing on it. Amazon started rewarding. Uh, social links. Social proof is not just reviews anymore. Social proof now is also backlinks to your listing. Social proof is is mentions on social media. You can have social proof and have no reviews. How do you get that? Influencer marketing. Um, your own your own involvement in excuse me in groups, Facebook advertising, whatever. Um, when you're driving traffic, it's not cold traffic. They're going there. For you, they're going right to your listing. They're not going to some search engine. They're going right to your listing. They're bypassing the competitors. The only way they're going to see competitors' price is that little ad right underneath the the buy button. They're not going to see all the other listings. They might not even see Amazon if if you're sending them to the right listings. Um, you know what can a three P seller do to to combat Amazon or or a big brand any bit any big brand. Um, if I'm, you know, let's say uh, I make these snowball speakers here, or these these uh, microphones, okay? I'm Snowball, and you as a seller are selling them also, okay? Snowball is not going to ha- also sell uh, a speaker set or m- maybe the, f- the camera set or something that complements that Snowball microphone. Snowball microphones is Snowball microphones. They don't sell the other things, the headphones that you're wearing. They might not sell those. So as a, as a 3P seller, you need to find that item that that big brand is not going to be able to just pull out of its back pocket and whip up and, and compete. Well, now you've got a bundle that they can't compete on. You just Now you have your own listing, and that big brand is not on it. Um, and it's it's value. You're adding value. 
are you going to take a loss? It just, it just just depends, you know. It depends on what you're, what you're bundling. Um, you At the end of the day, I think the people who add the most value are the ones who have the long-term success, right? Giving away 90% promotions is not adding value. It's a quick, a quick, easy result that you're trying to get. It's not bringing value to your audience. It's maybe not even your current audience, right? So I love a lot of right. the things you have to say on that. Um, and Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Um, a lot of the stuff you talked about on here is literally the exact opposite of what people are hearing on from the Amazon gurus out there, from the YouTube channels. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's super, super spot on. It's refreshing to hear from someone with actually so much experience. So guys, check out ecomoptimizer.com. We'll put all the links that Joe mentioned in the show notes for this episode on actualizedfreedom.com slash 26. And thank you so much for joining us, Joe. Thank you. It's great talking to you. All right. Cheers, guys. And we'll see you guys next time. This podcast is sponsored by Kenji ROI. Obsessively optimized copywriting, product photography, videos, and PPC for a highly cohesive feel and high conversion rate. Avoid expensive miscommunication with freelancers who don't understand Amazon. Kenji ROI's team has produced over 600 Amazon listings responsible for multi-millions in annual sales for their clients. Clients know they're covered with Kenji's guarantees. After work has been delivered, their experts help you resolve any potential issues or concerns to an extreme level. If you're still not happy, you'll get a full refund. What kind of crazy guy makes a guarantee like that? Listeners of the Actualized Freedom Podcast get a 10% discount for life on all Kenji ROI listing creation services, but only for the first 50 claims. Type in go.kenjiroi.com slash AF. Pause this podcast right now and claim your code. Like I said, once 50 are claimed, they're gone forever. So go now to go.kenjiroi.com slash AF. That's go.kenjiroi.com slash AF to get your code now.